Hello and welcome to Rollins Around Town. I'm Sam Stark and I serve as the Vice President of Communications and External Relations here at Rollins College. Rollins Around Town is a showcase of outstanding people who make dynamic and important contributions to the Rollins campus and the Central Florida community. In both cases, these are difference makers who help uplift the mission and brand of Rollins and who help make our region a special place to live, learn, and work. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Ali DiMaria, Executive Director of the Winter Park Day Nursery. The Winter Park Day Nursery provides a secure, nurturing, educational environment that is affordable and supports family diversity. They are located about a half a mile west of the college, and the two entities have long been partners and collaborators. Allie, welcome to Rollins Around Town, and thanks for being with us today. Thank you. It's a privilege to be here. So give us the condensed version of, uh, of where you're from and, and what brought you to Central Florida. Um, I was born in New York. I was raised in Colorado from the age of three. Um, I did my undergraduate program in psychology at the University of Colorado Boulder. Um, I took a semester off to do the Disney College program here in Florida. Yeah. Um, went back, finished my degree, and uh, realized I was tired of the snow. <laughs> so called up a friend of mine from the college program who needed a roommate and um, was able to transfer down um, via my serving position that I had at the time because that's what psychology graduates do. <laughs> Fantastic. That's good. So what you've been at the day nursery now for? 16 years. 16 years. Mm -hmm. And in the role as executive director for? 10. Fantastic. So, you know, I, I, I sort of read your mission statement at, mm -hmm. at the front end, but, but help us really understand what the Winter Park Day Nursery is and, and, and does. Uh, really, you know, we strive to provide high quality care and education to children six weeks to five years old while making it affordable for families, but then while also supporting the family as a whole and the student as a whole. We really focus on putting in and screening for any early intervention needs to try to support families and get them the resources they need for their children to be successful in school and beyond. But then also to the support the family. Um, a child is only as successful as their family is capable of providing for them. Right. So we try to make sure that families have what they need, um, that they're not um, under any excess of stress and anything we can do to help alleviate or find resources or connect them with resources, um, we try to do that. How, how many children are enrolled? Um, 64 students, and that's the max that we can handle. And is it uh, year-round? Year-round, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day. And do you turn have to turn people away? I yes. Mean, how, and so students apply, families apply? We have a waiting list. Yeah. Um, when you call and you need a spot, generally you, you have to get on the waiting list first. Um, very rarely, only in the last few months because of COVID, have we had some available spaces. Yeah. Um, but we are still filling up again, um, mostly in our younger age groups. So infants, toddlers, and twos, our wait lists are uh, very long right yeah. now. What's the makeup of the, of the families and the students, right? Like a lot of people think... Winter Park Day Nursery must mm -hmm. be this luxury, exclusive, you know, <laughs> a school for, for, for children and families of, right. of Winter Park. We Day. are quite luxurious, but we provide <laughs> our luxury to all families. Um, so we have about a third of our families are on state subsidies. So they receive funding from the state 
um, to supplement their child care costs. About a third of our families are on scholarship from our organization. So they make 200% of the federal poverty line or below. And then a third are full fee paying families who just don't need any supports. They just like the quality and the diversity of the program. That's fantastic. How many employees do you have? We have 20 right now. And and how how was COVID for you? I mean, did you have did you have shutdowns? Did you have times where you flat out weren't operating the the nursery? Yeah, COVID has been a trial in patience and decision making and just perseverance. Really, yeah. um, we had initially closed down for about seven weeks right when COVID hit, and we had the um, stay home orders in place. Right. So we did close for that period of time just to try to you know follow guidelines and keep everybody safe. And a lot of families had chosen to take their fa- children home as best as they could anyway. So we utilize that time to still try to connect with our families virtually as best as we could. And we also use that time to uh, install new floors since nobody was in the building. So <laughs> we took advantage of that. Um, in the last couple months, um, we did have to close for a week at the beginning of August. Um, we were feeling pretty good, but the Delta variant came through and hit uh, four of our staff members and a handful of children and their families. Mm. Um, three of our four staff members that uh, contracted COVID were actually vaccinated. Mm. Um, so it was an wow. interesting time for us. But we, our families worked with us, our donors and our board worked with us, and we were able to close for a week and were able to keep everybody else where they needed to be. Everybody's healthy wow. and back and and working. Um, our board was really great. We had a great task force and we got a pediatrician on our board. So we were able to create um, disclosure statements and decision trees. So at the very beginning, we were struggling because every case of the sniffles or, you know, a stomach ache or a fever, is it, is it not? Right. What do we do? Like, I'm going to get a medical degree after right. all That's this. Next. But we have decision trees that state, you know, if A, then B, if this, then that. So that for every case, we can specifically look and we're treating everybody equally we're following our guidelines and through being able to follow those we update them every month and every now every quarter um, just to keep everybody on the same page so parents know exactly what to expect staff know exactly what to expect and I'm not stuck going well we did it for this person but we didn't do it for that person should we do it is it is it green mucus or is it yellow mucus i don't know and those are the kind of decisions we have to make in our childhood unbelievable (laughs) a challenge uh, Mm -hmm. for, for for sure yeah um, who, you know, I, I know you don't compete with other people, but, but if, if families apply to the Winter Park Day Nursery, where, where else are they going and where else are they looking? And if they can't get in there, where do people go in Winter Park or, or within our kind of proximate region? Um, it's hard. A lot of our families come to us because they need the, um, assistance, the financial assistance, right. whether they're hearing from us f- from the Early Learning Coalition who offers the school readiness funding as a resource. Uh, some families hear about us from the United Way um, as a resource when they call 211. Uh, a lot of folks are just Googling, where can I get child care? We do get a good number of folks that come to us just word of mouth. Hey, my cousin went here, my sister, my neighbor, uh, my mom went here. Mm-hmm. You know, we get a lot right. of those families. Um, there are, you know, on licensing, there's a lot of other in the neighborhood. There's um, the Child Development Center here at Rollins. Yes. Um, but that mostly serves staff and faculty yeah. of Rollins. Um, there's the Wellborn Avenue Nursery and Preschool. Um, and they are a longstanding nonprofit just like we are. And we work in tandem with them sometimes. And we support each other in our efforts and in our missions. Um, they serve a similar population as we do. Yeah. Um, and also offer scholarships to families and take the state funding. Um, there's um, 
I think some of the there's some corporate centers in town like a kinder care and a and um, those type of centers. There's um, the JCC in Maitland is a good um, alternate for us for a lot of families that don't need the support services necessarily. A lot of the churches like the All Saints Church right over here has um, yeah. a child care center. So depending on what the family's needs are. Um, you know, a lot of them need that 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. because they're working and they need that all day care. Um, right. But if they don't, then there's a lot more options. Yeah. But wow. it's expensive. So, <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, can only imagine. Uh, and, and, and to operate, and I'm sure, you know, extensive state licensing mm-hmm. um, that, uh, that, that, you know, sort of goes far above and beyond just typical day to day care. Y- you have to meet. Incredible standards. Yes. And you can see, you know, you have to be licensed at least. And there's minimum standards for licensing through the Department of Children and Families. But we're also accredited through a National Accreditation Commission um, that comes in and assures that we're even lifting to a higher standard. And that includes um, staff education, student teacher ratios, classroom sizes, um, curriculum, Hmm. teacher student interactions. And so we try to meet that higher level of care through our national accreditation. And then we're also governed and overseen by the early learning coalitions who oversee the school readiness programs and the voluntary pre-kindergarten programs. Right. So we have a lot of That's oversight lot. entities. How's your, so you mentioned your staff are, you know, the, the, the narrative in the, in the uh, business world uh, can't find people and, you know, mm-hmm. um, are, how are you doing in, in that regard? Um, we're doing well right now. Um, we are very lucky. We have had a staff retention rate over the past two years of 92 and 87%. I speak staff retention because when we speak up to our children, we tell them what to do or what we do want them to do. So right. when I speak about staff retention, I speak about staff retention because that's what I want. I don't want turnover. So I try not to speak about turnover. <laughs> um, although turnover is an issue in early childhood. Usually, you know, a retention rate is around between 40 and 60% in early childhood. So we've worked really hard and our board works really hard to make sure that we're treating our staff well um, and paying them a fair wage. I mean, early childhood wages in and of themselves in the community and in the industry have been abysmal. Right. Um, so we're working to get uh, higher as quickly as we can, but we do need to do a lot of fundraising for that. In early childhood, between 70 to 80% on average is spent on staffing of your annual budget. That wow. is the bulk of what we are funding yeah. is staff because you need quality people interacting in a positive manner with little people yes <laughs> right Rollins can relate the people mm-hmm. are a little bigger they um, are yes. but uh, <laughs> probably a fairly similar yes uh, proportional business model yes but we've been doing well a lot of on, the new staff that we had to hire this past year all came to us via word of mouth actually two of our new staff this year are Rollins students um, one is currently a master's student and one just graduated with her bachelor's in psychology and she's looking at attending a master's program. I love it yeah. let's talk a little bit about that Rollins mm-hmm. is quite involved with the day nursery we have Peg Cornwell, the president's uh, wife and mm-hmm. a, a community um, uh, liaison for the college on your board, and mm-hmm. Amelia Storr and Hannah Menard, both Crummer uh, graduate schools serving as officers, Sharon Carnahan and, and Diane Doyle from our Child Development Center on your program. Just talk about the importance of, of sort of the Rollins relationship with, with the Winter Park Day Nursery. Okay. Um, Rollins has... You know, as it's so close, they've always been close. And I was just looking the Sandspur. We look up a lot of our history of the Winter Park Day Nursery by looking up old Sandspur articles because they've had a relationship for so many Mm -hmm. years. Um, The Day Nursery has been around since 1939. So, you know, we're 82 years in. So we have a long relationship um, being a neighbor to Rollins. We have... um, 
you know, we do a lot with the Office of Community Engagement. Meredith Hine and Bailey Clark, they do a lot of support to get us volunteers. We have Bonner leaders the last several years who have been amazing. Um, we love our interns from Rollins. Um, we've had several staff from Rollins. Um, actually, I was first introduced to Rollins really when I was teaching and starting to take on some more administrative roles at the school. The director at the time, Linda Mays, whom you know, yeah. um, asked me, you know, Allie, what do you want to do? You know, what are you, what are your goals? And I said, well, I don't want to be a director. You know, that's not what I want to do. So um, she actually encouraged me to come apply at Rollins Holt School for the master's in counseling program. Yeah. So I graduated. So I went ahead and did that. Um, I graduated in 2010 from the Holt School master's in counseling program. And I would walk to class from work. Nice. Um, and it was just a really great um, just synthesis and just connecting the two and being able to take what I was learning at Rollins um, and just bring it directly into the office every day um, and do that and able to do it at the same time, which was really neat that I just kind of walked down the road and I would go to class and then walk back to work. Um, so that was my first, you know, connection, really getting close with Rollins. Yeah. Um, after that, when I started moving into director positions, I started taking um, classes at the what was the philanthropy center. So now is the Edith Bush Institute for Philanthropy and Nonprofit Leadership. Right. And I have taken almost every class they offer um, when I was asked to become executive director of the preschool the previous executive director had left and we had an interim at the time and the board chair asked me if i would take over as the executive director and my concern was one i don't have business experience and two i'm six months pregnant um (laughs) right But I had some wonderful board members who really supported me and they said, take all the classes you need. So and that's what I did. And the the philanthropy center really helped guide me into my position as a nonprofit executive to say, this is what you need to do. Margaret Lenane was the executive director at the time, and she would have one on one sit down with me and help me through issues if I needed it. Um, but it was a really strong connection for me to be able to have those resources, to be able to have board members from the Crummer Leadership Program, um, the graduate program on my board. So we've had, I was addicted to the Crummer graduate students on our board because they brought so much great um new information and technology and you know they're my spreadsheet gurus is my um my rollins grad students love that yeah so i've been connected with them significantly through that i'm trying to think if there's any other oh i can't um the cdc so the rollins child development center yes dr carnahan diane doyle alice davidson they have been amazing supporters of all of the child care providers in the area and you know they still dr carnahan sits on the wellborn board right now and is helping them build their program but years ago she helped us implement our screenings that we provide for all of our students and that is now nationally well known the ages and stages questionnaires the early learning coalition uses it now but she's the one that helped us initially implement that and that really helps us identify needs of our students and intervene early so Diane and Dr. Carnahan have done lots of um, trainings for our staff over the years. Um, they've invited us to come and observe in some of their classrooms if necessary. Um, Diane and Dr. Carnahan actually sat on a uh, leadership team 
with myself and a couple other members of my team at the time to become a program-wide positive behavior support demonstration site through the University of South Florida, which was only five schools in Florida did that. And so with the support of Dr. Carnahan, Diane, and then we brought in Stacey Taylor as a behavior analyst, helped us set up the processes we have in place now that help us manage all of challenging behaviors, which are getting even worse because of COVID um, and managing to make sure that our program is solid and supports children no matter what they come in needing. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. You, 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 you you hit a lot of important topics (laughs) and it's awesome. Um, You know, the, the point of this, show in a lot of ways is to uh, share the impact broadly mm-hmm. not only of people like you but of the impact of Rollins and and I think you know you're you're frankly quite a poster child <laughs> for you know particularly things that a lot of people in the community don't think about I mean the the whole school uh, is incredibly important and valuable and provided you with with a with a pathway to a, a, a CEO kind of position the uh, uh, philanthropy the Bush charitable uh, you know philanthropy and nonprofit leadership and then the student engagement I mean nothing's better for our students than that kind of really hands-on engagement uh, and and that's what it seems like they experience. Uh, at all levels, right? Mm-hmm. The Crummer students mm-hmm. and um, and the M- Meredith and, and Bailey's mm-hmm. uh, Bonner leaders mm-hmm. and other students. So yeah, we also have had some other classes. We had the um, Philosophy for Students group come and work with our kids and did activities with them. You know, we've had marketing students come and try to do plans for us for campaigns, and right. so we've had various groups from Rollins and different classes. Just you know, check out what we do and I love it. Share. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's an obvious uh, question or, or answer, but what, what's the impact or the effect uh, in the community if the Winter Park Day Nursery doesn't exist? Ooh, um, that's scary. <laughs> um, I think a lot of what we do at the Winter Park Day Nursery is help families who work and serve in Winter Park, who are contributing members to the community here. We have parents who are in healthcare in Winter Park. We have parents who work in retail or in food service or, um, you know, whatever business within this facility. Like we have parents that work in these businesses. We've had parents that have been Rollins staff. We have parents who have been, you know, full sale staff what have you. So really just, you know, parents are Chick-fil-A staff, public staff. Uh, One of them works at a restaurant in Park Ave. Um, Mm. One of them works at the eye care center down the street. Um, They need a place where they feel safe for their child to be that they can afford to send them to. Um, That they can feel like they're moving themselves forward, not falling backward because they are paying a lot so that their child can be successful. But then at the same time, we're also trying to help those families who, you know, are trying to find a job and they, you know, there's the cart before the horse. Like I can't get support for childcare and pay for that until I find a job, but I can't find a job until I have somewhere to send my kid. So we try to work with some families that are in that position to say, okay, so let's give you a little extra scholarship to start. And then once you, get on your feet, we'll reevaluate and get going. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest impacts we have on the community if we weren't here is, you know, the great need for just kindness and understanding mm-hmm. and social emotional skills in young children. Yeah. A lot of what we teach our children would make the world a better place if some of the adults had learned these things. Um, <laughs> right. Taking turns, conflict right. resolution, 
saying how you feel in a way that is helpful, not hurtful. Um, a lot of the words we use with our students to teach them how to make better choices, we use with adults. Right. <laughs> I mean, my husband's listening, but some of these words work with him as well. Um, <laughs> but but he uses them back on me because he knows they work. <clears throat> and it's just helping children learn how to manage their own emotions by helping adults learn how to manage their own emotions and making it so that we are more understanding and patient with each other, like understanding this kid is hitting other kids and we're dealing with this and he's three-year-olds are using curse words. So how do we as their teacher and then how do we teach their classmates to say, you can't treat me like that. That's not okay. Right. And to feel safe in doing that mm. so that we can, children can say, stop, that hurts. I don't like that. And they understand that their friend is going to come stand by them and say, yeah, don't do that. But we're not going to ostracize you right we're going to bring you back and say okay if you want to play with me ask me or tap my shoulder or and so the teachers are there to guide them to say okay if you don't like that let's do it this, this way, way. Yeah. and so helping people understand at this young age how to engage with each other in ways that are helpful because we have a lot of children especially with the pandemic and and overstressed parents and overstressed kids because any stress a parent feels very well dwindles down into their children right they don't know how to deal with that so we have kids that have this anger or this energy that they don't know what to do with mm. so our job is to help them learn how to harness that in a way that is safe and helpful and kind yeah. um, because a lot of people just have this energy in them this anger in them and they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing so our role is to say this is a better way to make that choice and in helping the children do that we're also helping the parents learn how to do that as well yeah. so you know i speak in many ways that this is a two-generational issue child care not only is it an issue for the workforce um we're not only caring for the children of the workforce of today we're training the people who are going to be the workforce of tomorrow right but we're also through the children that we have now we're teaching them things that they're teaching their parents, but we're also doing parent trainings as well to teach them. This is a better way to help your child when you're feeling angry. Yeah. What a great, uh, what a great service and, and, and learning opportunity for the whole family. <laughs> yes, it is. Very impressive. Yeah. I, I hope at some point you'll bring the, uh, the students over to Mr. Rogers sculpture. That yes, Peg just, and I uh, were just talking about how to make that happen. Yeah. So that's, um, that's fantastic. That's a super exciting activity. So, I mean, our institutions, while, you know, dramatically different in, in so many ways, you know, we uh, track uh, success of our institution by our students over, you mm -hmm. know, 10, 20, 30 years. I, and I didn't realize you've been around since 1939. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's remarkable. Do you, do you do that? I mean, I, I mean, I know it's corny to say, but do you track your alumni? And <laughs> We try. Yeah. Um, we don't have as streamlined of a, a process as you all might have because right. um, – you know, they're young. We don't like track them by social security number or anything like <laughs> right. that. Um, we do keep in touch with students. Actually, one of my most recent um, teachers that I hired was one of my four-year-olds that graduated from my class. She's 19 now. Awesome. Her name is Madison. Her mom worked with us for a little while um, after she graduated. But she called me one day and said, Miss Allie, um, I, my restaurant just closed. Uh, do you have a position? I said 110%. And she's an amazing teacher. That's awesome. um, but she went through our program. She was my student when I was teaching. Um, <laughs> but I do keep in touch, you know, through social media. So since I've been there since 2005, I keep in touch personally with students that have graduated from my program. You know, one's playing softball and 
um, college and one's um, started her own jewelry business. And, you know, so there's actually folks that come back and see us as well. So a lot of the information we have is really anecdotal. Yeah. We do have some records and, you know, one of the things, you know, the when I get to it list is better tracking and better communication with alumni to keep them engaged and to, to, you know, find out how they're doing. We get people that come to us and be like, oh, here's my, my kid graduated in 2000. Here's their, you know, graduation certificate and their grades. I've had kids that are now in fourth and fifth grade. Their parents bring me their grades. Look, they're on the honor roll. So nice. Yeah. So we get families that come back and just say, we just wanted to come look. I had a lady that stopped by the other day. She's like, I went here when I was a kid. Do you mind if I take a picture in front of the mural? The Red Riding Hood mural is the one thing that a lot of people remember and they know us by. Um, So if you're driving down Pennsylvania and you see the Red Riding Hood mural, that's us. That's it. I love that. (laughs) So um, maybe you've touched on a little bit, but how, how are you funded? How are we funded? Um, Very carefully. Um, (laughs) About a third of our funding comes from parent tuition fees. So parent fees um, and fees associated with them through um, school readiness funding and subsidies. Um, About a third is government funding and other supports. So we get federal food program funding, Mm -hmm. um, voluntary pre-kindergarten funding, school readiness funding. Mm. Um, Yes, we do uh, federal food programs. We get Two bre- we get breakfast, lunch, and two snacks every day for all of our children funded completely through the federal food program. So parents don't pay anything extra for food, and we supply it all. Um, and then the other third is um, foundations, grants, individuals, donors. So we raise – we have to raise about $400,000 a year in grants, individual donors, right. and those sorts and of things. some of your events, special mm-hmm. events. Yeah. The City of Winter Park has also been really helpful. Um, they are a contributor to our organization as well. They provide us grants every year through their um, program. Um, the Joe and Sarah Galloway Foundation is very big here in Winter Park. Sarah yes. Galloway was one of the founding members of our organization. Hmm. Um, so they have always supported us over the years. Um, but we do have a couple of events um, each year. Um, our biggest one is the Orange Blossom Jubilee in April, um, which is always a fun activity. And Rollins usually um, has a sponsorship at our event as well, which is um, amazing with some of the other um, businesses in the area. Um, and we do a lot of individual fundraising. I'll do a plug. Um, Peg asked, <laughs> reminded me. Um, we have Giving Tuesday coming up, and we're really hoping to push a big Giving Tuesday for our organization since um, we couldn't do one of our other events this year in person um, so we're just driving people directly to our website, www.winterparkdaynursery.org or wpdaynursery.org. Either of those will get you there. Good. And you can just hit donate and contribute directly there. We do have, um, just like public radio, a monthly giving program. <laughs> if you um, participate in that way, um, we support that. But we do rely a lot on um, the community. Yeah. And individuals in the community to support the scholarship programs because we really just need to be able to pay our staff to be with the kids, but we need to do it in a way that is affordable for families. We cannot, you know, we can raise some rates for the the highest income families, um, but we still need to be competitive in the industry to be able to provide a quality service. We need to supplement what parents can pay. Fantastic. What's your, you know, sort of snap your fingers and your wish comes true, you know, moment or, or you know, w- wish list for the for the Winter Park Day Nursery? Brand new building. Building. Not even hard. Yeah. No, we've been talking about it for years on and off, but um, our building was built in 1960. Yeah. Um, 
we are bursting at the seams. Yeah. We would love to be able to serve more families because we have that waiting list. You know, we don't want to be too big. So we don't want to be institutional. Um, feeling we want to have that family feel. I need to be able to know all the families who attend. Um, but we need a more flexible, more yeah, modern, yeah. you know, better Wi-Fi. I need to be able to add an outlet without having to redo <laughs> our, t- our whole electrical system. Um <laughs> You know, we have like one outlet in every classroom. It's good times, especially when the fire marshal wants everything plugged into the wall. And I only have so many wall outlets. Um, So it's just little things like that. We don't have a community space. We don't have a space to gather individuals in the building. Um, You know, I invite anyone to give me a call and come by for a tour and I'll show you. Um, I'm happy to show you around. We are starting to do tours again. We're slowly and carefully starting to bring in some more volunteers again. Um, All our adults are still masked in the building, though, right now. Yep. That's um, what. What would you do if if you got the new building? I mean, how how would you? I'm sure you've thought a little bit about mm-hmm. it, but um, do you go somewhere temporary, or have you laid out the site that you could still operate while a new building's being? Built? It really depends on what is provided to us. Yeah. If somebody just says, "Here's a building and it's in Winter Park, you can have it," I mean, I can renovate that while we're still in our current location and we own our current site, ask. so yeah. we could sell that. Um, the other option would. be you know, we've talked to architects and builders in the community that have provided guidance to us. And you could build on one side of our site and continue operating on the other side because we currently have two playgrounds. So we could use one right. and live in one building or the other. Um, the third option is if we needed to knock down and rebuild on our current site. Um, we have a lot of friends in Winter Park that I believe would take us in, whether it's one of the churches that support us, the local colleges that support us. A lot of them have um, extra space that they could, po- especially during COVID when nobody's working in-house, yeah. um, that they could loan us for a length of time uh, to yeah. move our facility. Because we did... Um, during the we had a pipe burst a couple years ago not a pipe burst my husband's gonna yell at me for saying this wrong um it rotted pipe in the kitchen um and it became moldy and unsafe so we had to close for two weeks to get that cleaned out and fixed well the first united methodist church gave us some rooms in their matthias family life center where we were able to we offered for families who could keep their children home to not have to pay for the week if they kept their kids home. But those who still needed us, which was a good portion of our families, were able to go to the Matthias Family Life Center where we had some makeshift classrooms in their upstairs where we were able to still offer our program to our families. Right. So we do have friends in the for area sure. that have, have really supported us and I, I would assume would continue to do so if I we had that no opportunity. Doubt. I have no doubt. Are, are you able to find time for any other community work? I mean, you, you have a busy <laughs> job and a, a, a family. Um, or do, do you have any other sort of projects or hobbies that you're involved with in the community? Um, my only real hobby is just reading and spending time with family. But I do also engage in – I did the Leadership Winter Park program nice. in Central in uh, Winter Park back in 2012. Yeah. Um, that was a big year for me. I was That was the pregnant year plus – New job. Becoming new job right. plus doing leadership. Um, <laughs> I am a member of the Rotary Club of Winter Park. Um, I've been a member since probably 2004, um, and I've been active with them. Um, I am part of the Women's Club of Winter Park. I go to meetings on occasion when I can, and I just try to stay involved. Um, and then the League of Women Voters, um, I try to participate in their education committee. Um, there's a K-Ready community initiative that's going on right now with the Minga and Central Florida Foundation have been working together with the Early Learning Coalition talking about 
initiatives related to being kindergarten ready and how we can support families in the community and um, how to advocate and fund all of this. And right. so I've been participating on that committee as well. So yeah, you, you I so, do. somehow you <laughs> find time, which I'm frankly shocked at all of that. That's, yes. that's really yes. amazing and impressive. Is there anything I didn't ask or anything else that you want to share? Um, anything coming up? I mean, I'm glad you got the, the website out there. I hope people will uh, take a look at the uh, Winter Park Day Nursery website. And uh, if you can find a, fi- find a few dollars mm-hmm. to contribute. Uh, anything else you want to share? Um, no, I'm just grateful for our relationship with Rollins and with everyone here and all the support we've gotten. And um, I just invite folks to just support and advocate and invest in not only Winter Park Day Nursery, but early childhood as a whole and advocate for whatever's coming down from the government. And hopefully we can implement that in a way that best serves families um, to yeah. be successful in the community, because that's our ultimate goal is getting yeah. these kids and these families able to move forward and be successful. I mean, in, in partnership with parents, you're the front line. You're the first yes. line of development for these uh, for, for the next generation. Right. And it's fun because 90% of a child's brain is developed prior to the age of five. So before wow. they hit kindergarten. So whatever happens in these first five years yeah. is integral into what's going to happen later. Yeah. Wow. Well, Ali Di Maria, Executive Director of the Winter Park Day Nursery, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you for what you and your team do. Uh, it's amazing. It's impressive. It's important. And you all are just uh, top of the class. So, Well, thank you. Keep it up and thanks. Uh, thanks to Angel, our awesome uh, Rollins student who's uh, managing our board and marketing uh, efforts. Uh, to keep updated on all of our shows and guests, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rollins Around Town and subscribe to our podcast, Rollins Around Town on Apple, Google, and Spotify. So with that, uh, we thank Allie and we wish you all a great day in Winter Park. <laughs>